to Life of Die, the podcast which discusses all things relating to role-playing games and tabletop gaming. Today we are continuing our series of talks about the alien role-playing game by Free League, this time focusing on the game from a GM's perspective. I'm joined by Chris on this podcast, who has over 40 sessions experience of homebrew and also a number of sessions using the cinematic play as well. Hi there, Chris. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. You're very welcome. So just with this, just as it is with this podcast, this, probably most GMs will be asking themselves where they should start because the rulebook gives you a lot, lots of different options and probably has a lot of different stories bubbling in your, your mind. Was that your experience of it? Yeah, definitely. There's, like you say, the book is full to the brim with all sorts of different information for you to take on board like there's full of things in there about the corporations and the things they're up to and who their main rivals are and all this so there's and plus the map that's included with the, the starter set yeah it's just got a whole host of planets and colonies and information about them in the book as well telling you what they do and yeah so it leaves you kind of with a bit of an overload i found <laughs> especially when you're coming to write your own adventure as you say so yeah, so in this episode, we will be looking at about how you go about writing an adventure. We're going to do a follow-up one about writing a campaign. But this is more from the, the, the point of view, as, I suppose, as a one-shot or mm-hmm. something simple to get the, the ball rolling. Yeah. So something maybe kind of touched on in the, the previous podcast is that you should probably ask your players, as, as you did with us, about what kind of adventure they want and expect from the, this session of Alien that they're going to be playing. I don't know if you did it from this point of view. I think you just asked us about the different types of game, whether it was space truckers we wanted to be or colonial marines or colonists. Is that right? Yeah, there's like the, in the book, it gives you like a three kind of main settings, if you want. Like you say, there's colonists, space truckers or colonial marines, just to help you kind of set your, what setting you want your, your campaign or adventure to take place in. Yeah. So... I had a couple of ideas bubbling about for when I was starting to write my own um, adventure or campaign for you. Like I had things going on in my head about being on a colony and things all going horribly wrong, things taking place on a ship. But yeah, you, you find yourself getting overloaded with ideas, so it does help to find out exactly what, what kind of setting or what kind of game your players want to play. Yeah. And I'd imagine from a player point of view, they might come in cold to the alien role-playing game. They might have, they might also be struggling to, to know what they should do. But for me personally, I, I think it, it's quite a kind of nice idea to say which of the films do they want to follow in the footsteps of, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the space truckers, as you mentioned, and the, the, the crew of the Nostromo in the original Alien. And then you've got the Colonial Marines and, the, and Aliens on the Salako. Mm-hmm. But... I know it's not covered, but I mean, presumably you could still run an adventure using the Prisoners of Fanatics. They're a bit of both, aren't they? In Fury 161 and Alien 3. Yeah. I always regarded the, the crew of the Betty, the mercenaries, the kind of mercenary crew, as, as somewhere between a bit of a combination of the space truckers and the colonial marines. They weren't quite colonial marines, but they weren't quite space truckers. There were some halfway house between the two, weren't they, really? Yeah. They did have that kind of criminal vibe about them as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe a combination of all three. They do what they want. Yeah, it seemed that way. I mean, yeah, so there's definitely speaking to your players and finding out what films are their favourites, why do they like them, and try and incorporate some of those elements into your adventure. I mean, they're going to be playing something that they love and enjoy, so they're going to feed off of that as players, and hopefully you'll get some good role-playing experience and 
kind of back and forth between your characters and things. So yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. Then it's your job as GM really to try and recreate the vibe from that particular instalment of the series, I suppose. As I say, this is just looking at it as a one-shot point of view. It can also be a starting point for your campaign as well. As long as you don't kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> it is a brutal system, though. That's the thing. Totally, yeah. Well, that, that's one thing to be aware of if you are planning and doing like a cinematic one-shot but you want to use this as the basis of a campaign, you might want to dial it back on the brutality of it a little bit. Yeah. If you're wanting at least some of the characters to survive and use as a kind of springboard for your campaign. So that's just something to be aware of as well. Yeah, cut them some slack. Yeah, and I don't know much about that, so <laughs> I can't <laughs> give you any advice there. <laughs> well, in fairness to you, as you said, you started cutting us a bit more slack after you had you had been in. <laughs> yeah, in the other shoes. And the game as a player, and, and yeah, exactly. So once they've told you what it is that they, they want, and you go, okay, right, that's what I'm aiming for as a vibe, I suppose is the simplest way I could say it. You're going to then want to work out what the actual story is in your adventure. And from my perspective, I, I would say, particularly in an opening session, keep the story as simple as possible. Make sure that the objectives that the players have are really clear and they know what's going on. Yeah, and try and have, if they're, if they're maybe a salvage team or something like that, they can go and, you know, look for a abandoned ship and explore that. Or, if, you know, if the Marines, maybe they've got to rescue survivors after there's been an SOS received from a, you know, a colony transmitter's gone down or something like that. Or they've got to just deliver a mysterious package. A really simple premise. and That's it. it's, That can carry over to any RPG, in my opinion. Have a simple goal in mind, whether it's go down into this dungeon mm-hmm. and get the treasure <laughs> it's essentially the same idea only in a different setting so yeah you definitely want to have a clear goal for your players and make it clear to them what it is they have to achieve that helps massively and then as you say it's your job to basically build the world around them and describe what's happening and what they're seeing yeah and i think particularly at the start of a, in a one-shot adventure or, for that matter, the start of a campaign. The players are getting used to their own characters, so they've got stuff to worry about themselves and, you know, discover each other's characters. So yeah, as a GM, you've, you've got a bit of time to step, step back and allow them to play off of each other, I think. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I, I tend to take a different approach sometimes because it depends on the group. It depends on how experienced the players are. If it's a group of players that don't know each other, I've got a tendency to throw them in at the deep end, just go straight into the action yeah, and, and get on with it and allow the players to discover their characters that way. But I would say that's better for other types of game. To me, Alien doesn't, isn't really like that. I mean, that's much more a Star Wars ethic, to be honest, that, you know, like the start of New Hope. Yeah, straight into the action, yeah. Yeah, with the Stormtrooper attack and stuff like that. But Alien traditionally is not like that. All of the films take quite a lot of time by by a lot of film standards to slowly you know set the scene establish the central characters and and then you know, slowly building the tension building 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 until eventually something pretty horrific happens <laughs> usually yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily take that action first thing that i would maybe do in some other systems particularly when it's when it's ca- players that don't really know each other because it, it can be really hard that if the players don't know each other when yeah they don't know how to act and react off each other so yeah 100 percent. sometimes giving them action to get into breaks the ice a bit and and, and gets everybody relaxed but yeah hopefully your, your alien group would maybe be experienced players amongst each, amongst yeah. themselves 
I mean, that's that's one thing I found helpful is it was a regular group and we all knew each other, so you didn't have to worry too much about that. Especially if you're someone who's never played in a role playing game before, it can be quite a, a daunting experience having to like kind of act something out in front of people and yeah, some people are like hold back a little bit, but with us anyway, our group we've we've been playing together for a few years now, and yeah, there's, we're not as nervous as we used to be. I don't think so. Yeah, I think as well there was part of that nervousness. It, it was that we didn't know each other, but there was also the fact we started playing in a pub <laughs> <laughs> in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a wee bit awkward. I mean, we did have a table off to the side, but yeah, it's a you're putting on daft voices and stuff like that, and people are walking by you like, "What the hell's what's yeah. going on there?" You know. <laughs> yeah, that that certainly didn't help. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But yeah, most people won't be doing that now. And obviously with the current pandemic, a lot of people will be playing online. So from the comfort of your own home, I think you can go pretty wild with it if you want to. Personally speaking, I always like it when players really go for it. But maybe that's because I like going for it. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, really thinking about your character and, and adopting that persona and, and having a lot of fun with it. Personally speaking, I like it when it's when other players do that. So it's, Yeah, well, that's that kind of harks back to the original point where get to know your players what is it they want how do they play these games and you can kind of tailor what you're writing towards that yeah definitely so make sure your storyline is clear particularly in these early sessions you can get a bit club you can you know the alien universe again is, is has a lot of twists in it and turns but i don't think you should be get, get too clever with it in the initial sessions i think you should try and tell as straightforward a story as you possibly can you know maybe have one little twist but definitely don't try and load up too much. When I say about that about twists, I'm thinking of things like, you know, Ash when that's revealed yeah. to the alien, and Burke when he really kind of turns upon them and, you know, when things are really going badly in, in, in aliens. So, yeah, you probably, you probably could get away with one of those in, in, a, yeah, in a, an opening adventure. I think in the, for an alien type setting, you definitely need something like that. You need someone working against the group or having their own motives. Yeah, and you can set that out within the group itself. You don't have to have an NPC. Yeah, aye. It does lend itself better to a, a cinematic or like a one-shot adventure where they're not going to get too attached to their character. For a campaign, it's a little bit more sensitive, but I imagine we could get into that in the next episode. Yes, definitely. So come up with that basic mission, what it is that they're doing, make sure it's clear for the players, and then you can run through that. So once you've got your adventure idea in place. Obviously, what you think of your NPCs that you're going to have in it, the team will interact with, and also set up some encounters yeah. uh, for it, and you work out some cool encounters for the players to, to deal with. Is there anything else you want to add to that, that planning stage, Chris? Because obviously you've wrote, written quite a lot of adventures. Yeah, I mean, I try to treat my campaign as a series of small adventures or cinematics where each kind of adventure you were going on there was as you say a clear goal so yeah you want to try and keep that in mind each time like you have an objective and you just want to build upon that mm -hmm. that's, that's the best way to go about it and get yourself plenty of imagery there's a whole load of stuff out there on the internet for you to look at comics as well films concept art even the video game alien isolation that is full of like visual cues and things to help you build that world and set the scene so i like to use a lot of visual kind of things for when i'm coming up with stories and it just helps me it gets my imagination going so it might help someone else as well 
Yeah, I think it's handy to hand an image over to players so that they can, a picture tells a, a thousand words, as they say. So yeah, it's, it's quite easy to do that. If you give them an image, then they, they can visualise it immediately. It's, it's literally there. It's a visualisation for them. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, neither am I suggesting from a GM's point of view that you should never have description and write out descriptive paragraphs yeah. and things that help create the atmosphere. So, yeah, I'd agree with you, though, that, that a lot of visual images are, are quite good to, to have. Obviously, maps and things are other things that you maybe want to put in place when you're designing an adventure. There's a Facebook group for the Alien RPG, and there's a file section on that that's just the community have created so much information and aids for you to use in your games, and they're happy enough to share these things with you. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of places out there for you to find these things to use. There's even people who've went to the trouble of writing their own cinematics for you to take on and adapt, yeah, and they're more than happy for you to use them. So, yeah, just gather as much information as you can and ultimately it'll help you in writing your own stories, seeing what other people have done and how they've went about it. And even the, the starter cinematic, Chariot of the Gods, just having that book and seeing how it's laid out and how freely you've went about structuring it, that can be a massive help as well for you writing your own. You know, to write little descriptions of the rooms on a ship and what they see and what roles to do if if something's in that room, for example. It's all laid out there. I mean, I definitely used that when I started writing, trying to copy that kind of structure, and I found that helped greatly as well. No, definitely. I'd imagine that would be a great template for you to work with. Yeah, I think it always helps as a GM if you have a look at not just in particular Alien one, but in all sorts of different role-playing games. If there's pre-published scenarios, they're always worth looking at and seeing. You can see what you think is good and what you think isn't good, and, and you, you emulate the things that are that are really that you think are strong, and mm-hmm. that's the way you should GM. A lot of the, the lessons that you can learn from pre-published scenarios, you can apply to really any system. Yeah. I know, but I appreciate the fact that the Alien cinematic does have these kind of built-in tensions in the team usually that several members of the team are trying to achieve different things and yeah they're jarring up against each other yeah and that's that's a great tool for you to use as a gm is putting players against each other because it it just builds that tension naturally when they start arguing with one another and (laughs) things like that yeah, it's, it's it's good for a it's definitely good for a one shot adventure. I would I wouldn't recommend too much of it or be very careful with it in a campaign, but we we can talk about that as you say in a, a future episode. So yeah, once you've got you've worked out, you know, the adventure, you've got yourself some interesting NPCs for the players to play off of, maybe a plot twist here or there, got your maps in place. Once you get to running the adventure, I think one of the things that's really key is actually create the atmosphere for the game. Yeah. Because so much of Alien depends on atmosphere, you know, from the films. And so I think things like dimming the lights is probably quite a good a good way if you've if you've got access to that kind of thing. Hue bulbs in particular. Yeah. You could switch them if the power goes down and the emergency lighting comes on the red light. Yeah. That that is really effective at setting the scene. I remember we we done that on a couple of occasions when we when we were allowed to play face to face. Yeah. It's a little bit more difficult doing it online. Definitely. You can't do the lighting online. That's... There's certain elements you can bring in, like the dynamic lighting and things like that on the maps on Roll20, for instance. Yeah. Like that, that gives a little feeling of, like, oh, you're scared to go around the corner and see what's there and all that sort of tension. Definitely. I mean, I found that the dynamic lighting actually worked really well. I deliberately sat in a room that was dark when I was playing that, and I did find that. 
it added to the claustrophobia of it all, but yeah. you can't legislate when everybody at the table's sat in different households. So there, you know, some people will be sitting with lots of lumin- illumination and they're just not going to get the same, same feel, feel yeah. of it. Yeah, I think if you're playing online, sitting in a darkened room definitely helps <laughs> and uh, watching what's going on in the screen with, at Roll20. The other thing you can do, either in person or, or in Roll20, actually, is, is add music and or maybe ambient sounds. And that helps build the mood. And that's, that's one of the things I quite like about Roll20 is that you can put on music or, or sound or whatever it is. I've found that it's been a wee bit tricky to use sometimes and I think you've had the same issues, haven't you? Yeah, I had a few issues with it. Like, I'd paid for all the sound snippets from some of the video games like Alien Isolation and Colonial Marine. Um, so I had all these sound effects of like aliens running through vents and players getting killed and things like that. So but it worked for a little while and then I don't know what happened, but I, I don't know if I uploaded too many files or something to it and it just gave up and only a few of them were working and the kind of soundtracks and things, some of them stopped working as well. But yeah, there's hundreds of things out there that you can use to help build that atmosphere and music was one of the main ones I used. Even when we were playing in person, I had like the tablet sitting beside me playing a playlist. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that was the ideal way to play it was, you know, obviously face-to-face and, and then you do have, mm-hmm. if, if you've got access to the, a laptop or something like that, that you can just play the bank of sounds that you've, or music that you've, you've planned for the adventure. I mean, I think it's great when you can create music that way. Yeah. And, and have those those kind of iconic pieces of music coming in at the, yeah. the appropriate time. Even the countdown for the ship's mother going into self-destruct. I had that playing at one time as well. <laughs> That's right. Aye. Massively loud, so you were all freaking out. <laughs> so yeah, there's YouTube as well is a great place for information and kind of aids to help you set the scene as well. So yeah, there's, there's tons out there you can use. And obviously, as I said earlier on, a bit of writing, a few paragraphs, writing, trying to evoke the setting and, and describing that cold, unforgiving universe that, that, that the uh, Alien franchise, you know, seems to lean towards, you know, say some of that stuff. It can really get the, the team in the right headspace and the, yeah. they know that this is a, it isn't like the Wizard of Oz or something <laughs> that they're in, <laughs> you know, it's something really dark and grim. Yeah. <laughs> And one of the other things I think a key element when you're creating an alien adventure would be to build the tension slowly. Mm-hmm. As we were alluding to earlier on, none of the alien films start with a battle. Yeah, They're all very low-key, very quiet, and deliberate about introducing the characters and establishing who they are before slowly ratcheting up the, the, the tension and then, you know, before it is unleashed and suddenly there's a whole lot of horror and, and action yeah and it just snowballs at that point and gets worse and worse as it goes on yeah so yeah that's that's definitely something to be aware of is and it kind of harks back as well to giving your players a bit of time to interact with each other especially at the start of a session or a, an adventure you always see the start of alien they're they're coming out of their cryopods they're sitting around the table having breakfast use those kind of key things you see in the films mm-hmm. to help kind of set the scene and build the mood yeah and it, because it's familiar to players as well even though you're putting your own twist on it that gets them in the right headspace as well yeah and certainly everybody probably regards aliens as an action film but it's you know well over an hour into the, the runtime before the aliens actually show up even even more people say that alien 
is slow, but it, aliens actually takes a lot longer to get to the, the aliens actually turning up. So it's a bit of a misconception that alien has a much quicker pace. I think the reason it feels quicker is probably because there's so many different characters. Alien has only the seven, seven isn't it, the crew in the Stromo? Whereas yeah, aliens, I think they've got at least double that once all the colonial marines come into it. So I think there's maybe a feeling that there's a lot more going on in aliens, but it takes its time, establish, you know, setting up the the mission and the all the different characters, and then slowly making their way through the, the colony. There's not really much happens in that opening element once they arrive in the colony. So I think it's always a that that would be a definite thing I would say is to to just take your time over it and you know build and build and build and then. And and once it arrives, make sure you you turn up you mention as well and and the the danger of it. I think that's that's definitely the, the, the way to go and you'll get the best reactions from your players but stage somewhere in the, the story. Some you know, something about the company's been up to or you know, if there's a it doesn't have to be an Android, but you know, some kind of twist in there. Another thing I would recommend is having a countdown. That's something I think's like a great tool to put in, frankly, any role playing game, but Alien in particular, you know, these countdowns seem to happen quite a few times. There's a race against time at the end of the, for the climax of the story. And there's nothing that focuses the player's minds better than if you say that it's actually you're playing in real time yeah, now. You've got 10 minutes to escape. <laughs> yeah. And then people kind of get out of the, the micromanagement of, you know, turns and things like that. Not thinking so much about specific actions. It's more about what we're doing as a, a group how fast can we move and, and then they will pull together, which is a good thing as well because you want the team to pull together as best as they can to escape whatever yeah. it is, unless they've got completely conflicting agendas, of course, and that might change it as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and make, make sure when you've got that countdown happening, try and think about try to deliver a well, not so much once you're in the countdown, I suppose, be, be, maybe before that, or you could say that at this point we're going to slow the time down again, yeah, but you should probably try and think about having a an action set piece, a climactic piece of action, the final showdown or mm-hmm. some kind of bone crunching encounter that's going to really... If they get that far, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in a, in a one-shot, yeah, potentially you're probably going to have, char- you have characters killed off during the, the course of the adventure, but if it's more campaign adventures, then you probably don't want too much of the team to be dying. But you definitely want to feel under pressure and they've been put through the shredder. Yeah, definitely. And one thing have a couple of NPCs ready as backup for people to take over, just so if someone is unfortunate enough to get killed quite early on, they're not left sitting out the game, they can take on another character and still participate, so you don't want to leave anyone out, that's something else to be aware of. Yeah, and and probably something we probably not mentioned, which we we should do, is the stress mechanic, we did talk about it in the previous episode, but Mm. The stress mechanic is, is is definitely something you as a GM want to be very aware of, and yeah, you should probably have a think about having points where you you know ahead of time that you're going to dole out stress points, yeah. so they're going to encounter something gruesome. Yeah, finding a body or something horrible happens to one of their friends or an NPC. Use that stress mechanic to help build that feeling of tension because it works really well. And it does work really well, and I know that from being in the receiving end of it <laughs> quite a quite a lot. Yeah. You find yourself scared to roll dice at, at points. So yeah, you definitely want to use them wisely and bring those kind of elements into your, your environment. And even the toughest characters can crack in it because, you know, I, yeah. 
I know this from experiences having this colonial marine character and there was one point where the, the stress gets so out of control that you know he was a quivering wreck <laughs> by the end of the, yeah. the adventure so so nobody's immune from that and, and that's a great thing yeah so yeah they should they should come out if they if they survive it they should emerge from the, the adventure feeling like they really achieved something just by surviving yeah totally it should never feel easy that's for sure it should always feel like it was they were on the brink of all being wiped out yeah had they made the, the wrong move and that's that's something as well to be aware of as a gm is to set the pace for it if you feel it's going too quickly and things are getting out of hand too fast you can slow the pace down a bit by giving giving your players a little bit of a break let them interact with their personal items to reduce their stress levels and things to basically just get a little bit more longevity out of your game yeah, they, they will need it if the stress is getting out of, out of hand. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a, a good tip. I mean, do you have it happen often that the players go off piste? Do they do things that you don't expect them to do? It happens more often than not, to be honest. <laughs> you, you do try and plan for every eventuality, but you just don't know what people are going to do when they're faced with situations need to be able to try and work it in on the spot which is quite a difficult thing to do to just be prepared for the try and divert the focus somewhere else <laughs> i suppose that one of the things i try to do is is try to consider ways that players will actually do a scenario and try and have continuances in place but it can be in gm and that you need to be able to think on your feet and you need to be able to react to a you know a really um difficult situation that the, the players come up with yeah. and sometimes you can't I mean, plan for it oh yeah 100 percent. Like. And it's something that comes with experience as well. Like the more you you play these things, the more you find ways of you figure out what your players are like, and you can try and plan a little bit better for things that they might do. But yeah, it's definitely have some contingencies in place, if, especially if you're writing your own story and you've got your own idea about what you want to happen mm-hmm. during the course. Have some eventualities different paths to go down yeah the players don't always want the storyline that the gm wants that's definitely the case probably the other thing which is quite notable about alien i would say is is about the rules aren't quite as important as i think i should caveat this every rpg to me the thing you should be focused on most as a gm is a story delivering a story that makes the players feel that they are critical to the action they are the central characters and if it was about they are the central characters the action that revolves around them it's about them but yeah one of the things i quite like about alien is it doesn't really care too much about the rules it, there's more emphasis on certainly the stress mechanic but also the you know they just want you to get on with the role playing aspect is that fair to say yeah it's, i mean it tells you in the book it's like don't have your players rolling for every door they have to open or every computer they try and interact with try and make it like something of a importance when they they actually get to roll the dice like they're trying to hack into a computer system maybe that's something different and don't let them just keep rolling constantly and pushing their roll to try and basically get the result that they want from the dice if they fail that's it they've failed they need to try something totally different so yeah there's a bit of an emphasis on that like you don't want to take it bogged down too much with the rules but yes they are important when it comes to things like combat and all that as is every rpg but it's not like you have to roll for every everything you're doing in the universe. Yeah. Would you encourage players to read the rules or would you take a, a view that, I mean, certainly there's, I wouldn't say it's really the case in Alien so much, but there are definitely players out there that are, when they read rules, they become rules lawyers, as it were. Yeah. 
I think it depends on the group you're playing with as well. If it's a bunch of people you don't know, I'm not sure too sure if if you should have them reading the rules. Maybe you you want to be kind of guiding things and keeping your players right. But it definitely helps. I found mainly because we we play as a group of friends, so I don't mind people chipping in and saying, "No, oh, actually, this is what." This is how you should be rolling for that. It gives you a little bit of a break. But as you say, you do get some people who come in and take the, the other rules and that's the way they should be. But I don't like that a little bit myself, if that makes sense. <laughs> I feel it's sometimes it's a wee bit imposing, but it can be helpful. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a, a tricky one. You do want the players to know the things. I think in general terms, you want to have a basic understanding of the rules, but at the same time, yeah, you don't want it to, to then stop the action as well because people are saying, well, hang on, that's not right. If You should be rolling for this and you should be rolling for that. If it, if it's getting in the way of the flow of the session, in fact, sometimes that kind of stuff can actually bring a session to a, a grinding halt. Aye, that's definitely, that's definitely something I found. Sometimes it interrupts the flow of the game where you're, you've got someone constantly chipping in saying oh actually you should be doing it like this actually you should it comes down to you as the gm to step in and say no this is what you're doing um this is my game <laughs> yeah no i mean I, I think in fairness i think i've done that during the games as well isn't it? yeah I've, I've had to do it as well yeah just try and play it down a little bit if you find people are doing like breaking up your story too much or breaking up a a sequence that's happening mm. just tell them this is what you have to do and please do it <laughs> and this is the rules do as you're told because at the end of the day you're the gm you've got the final say about what happens yeah the, the way i see the rules is are kind of guidelines for you rather than actual rules yeah and maybe getting back to one thing we probably should have said at the very start was even though we're, we've kind of recommended asking the players what they want from the scenario I think another great thing you can do as a GM is, is imagine yourself as being a player and what would the story be that you would like to happen? What what the, what things would you find cool in the game uh, to encounter and, and, and to have to deal with or obstacles or puzzles even sometimes, you know, just yeah. trying to kind of mix up the different challenges of the game I think is always a good thing to do. Yeah, I think the, the main thing as well for a GM is you need to have fun as well. I mean... Don't feel too much pressure for it. Try and relax. Like especially if you're playing with your friends, they they're going to understand that you're you're creating this for them, and it's your game. You're you're trying to put yourself out there, and it can be quite a nerve wracking thing at first. But yeah, try and relax and have a bit of fun with it. And as you say, do put things in there that you think were really cool in the films, or things that happened, or things you've seen in other films or read. Try and get some things in there that you're like when you see the shock on people's faces when you describe what's happened, and that's kind of you get something back from it as well. No, definitely. So yeah, I think that pretty much ties up everything. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Chris? Um, I'm sure there'll be a million questions <laughs> <laughs> left over. Um, unanswered but this is the best i can think of at the moment well just picking up on that i mean if the people that are listening to this if there's if there's questions if there's things that you, you think we've admitted or you know things you think we, we, you'd like us to discuss please you know comment or contact us on social media on platforms all over the place please engage with us and and, and we can do a follow-up podcast because we're, we're quite happy we enjoy talking about this stuff we want to fill the gaps if there's if there's things that people are thinking about that they'd like us to talk about that's that's very much welcome as are 
we only launched on the first of January, and we've we've since had a lot of people liking our page on on Facebook, and the reaction's been really positive so far. And we want to deliver the best podcast that we can, and 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 not leave gaps. So I'm sure there's probably a thousand and one things that we should have talked about in this this <laughs> this adventure <laughs> podcast that we've maybe missed. Yeah, but. these these are the basics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to be talking about the campaign. And so one of the things we've never really talked about was about NPCs and, and, and that is something that we're going to cover a wee bit, certainly in a lot yeah. more depth amongst other things when we're talking about creating a campaign for, for Alien. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of your cinematic kind of one-shot adventures, there's, in the rule book, there's a whole load of pre-generated stats for characters. You could just add new names to them and a little bit of a personality or an accent or something and adapt it. That's that's basically what I what I've been doing. I quite often go on there's there's a name generator websites that you can go on as well. So if you're looking for character names, because I always find that a bit of a dull aspect to both you know writing our role playing games and actually when I've been writing my own novels, I quite often just go on and, and look for inspiration and just go on random name generators. But I tend to change what they actually say. I take aspect, the kind of chunks of name and then mix them in with some other name is what I tend to do, to make it your own. Aye. I mean, the name generators are something as well that they can be used for anything. Names of machinery and things like that. If you're struggling for descriptive words for things, there's name generators out there for everything. Spaceship names, the whole the whole works so yeah use use those tools and take inspiration from them so thanks for joining us for this chat chris and uh yeah no problem thanks everybody that's listening and following the podcast and helping us support us online by liking subscribing sharing following whatever you're you're doing it's all really appreciated as are um, for them that's listening to this on itunes please leave us a review that makes a massive difference to us getting this out there yeah Thank you for listening and we'll be back next time. We'll be another GM focus for Alien and it will be on campaign creation and and how you go about writing a campaign. So until then, keep on living the life of Die. Take it easy. 